0: Welcome to From the City Desk. I'm Hannah Purdy,
1: and I'm Chris McCart.
0: And we are coming to you today with a uh, bigger recap than usual. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take a look back at the the months that we missed due to uh, the good old coronavirus. It's
1: like the last quarter of our fiscal year recap is what this is kind of shaping up to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. So strap in; it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> but we're just gonna hit the highlights. Talk about um, what important things did happen because BMA meetings were were affected by the coronavirus, just like everything. Uh, Chris, can you talk about what kind of effect they had?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that everybody was asked to do right out of the gate with uh, the pandemic was, you know, you're safer at home. That eventually led to a stay at home. City business, state business, even business at the federal level has got to continue. And so th- through an executive order, by Governor Bill Lee, we were given the opportunity to hold electronic meetings. Basically, what that meant was that board members could join via Zoom or via the telephone. They didn't have to be present in the boardroom at City Hall in order to pass business. Uh, the one exception was though that you you really couldn't bring items to the agenda unless they were deemed essential. You know, so they had a timeline on it. Um, something that would be necessary for you to run business going forward. But uh, that kind of limited a lot of what we were going to bring to the board as a result of that. And so our agendas got a little bit shorter. Uh, We uh, started doing Zoom meetings, which have have been interesting, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, Any kind of meme you've seen online about a Zoom meeting, I can assure you I've experienced it uh, to some extent. Working uh, with the board and with the staff, uh, we've kind of stumbled through it, but we've gotten pretty good at it. The majority of our board chose to, to stay home. Uh, the mayor and I, along with, I think, uh, Alderman Tommy Alterman, came in. We spread ourselves out in the courtroom in order to be socially distanced and went through the agenda. You know, really, as we moved into July, that would be really be coming to an end. Uh, unfortunately, as a result of an increase in case numbers and uh, pressure across the state, the Governor issued another executive order towards the final days of June and extended electronic meetings out for the remainder of the uh, month of July as well as the month of august and So, what does that mean for kingsport we're kind of taking a hybrid approach to that. Our work session uh, is closed to the public, and really in a work session is just a review of the agenda. Occasionally, we'll do an update on special projects. But even though it's closed to the public to attend, you can still watch uh, either on Facebook Live or uh, via our website at kingsporttn.gov. And then on Tuesday night, when we have our business meeting, uh, again, another hybrid approach. Some members, just like in the work session, will join via Zoom, uh, as will uh, certain members of our city staff. Uh, And then we have to limit the number of folks that are in the courtroom. And so we have... That kind of blocked off, and you know, right now I think we're up around, what is it, 16 to, to 20 people that we allow in?
0: Right, yeah, I think the courtroom itself we allow 16, but then there's overflow room in the lobby, which we've not yet had to use.
1: But. Right, so we've had a couple of items where we've had some public hearings and folks have had to attend um, on that, and we thought we'd have to set up some overflow space, but we didn't, and we've given folks the opportunity to provide comment uh, via email, or uh, in writing it's delivered to a staff member that's then read into the record on some of these items so we're managing through it um, we greatly greatly appreciate everyone's patience with us as we move through this and uh, we very much look forward to having normal meetings sometime in the near
0: future yeah it's been interesting it continues to be interesting we'll see what happens next Uh, But taking it back uh, all the way to March, let's talk about some things that were on the agenda. So something fun to start out with, uh, an update on Bays Mountain Park.
1: Yeah, so I think you go all the way back to our first meeting in March, which I guess really was our last normal meeting. It's
0: before the shoes started dropping. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
1: It's before the the pandemic (laughs) rolled in and everything had to change quickly. Uh, but during that meeting, Rob Cole, who's the Base Mountain Park manager, uh, gave us an update on the strategic plan update for Base Mountain Park. About 11 years ago, uh, we developed a strategic plan for the park, first time that had been done in the history of the park, and went through and looked at a lot of things associated with uh, the business model for the park. Um, looked at our capital needs, fundraising opportunities, programming opportunities. So. With any successful strategic plan, you need to be constantly updating it. And that's what we asked the Bays Mountain Park staff to do uh, earlier in the fiscal year of 2020. And so they brought in PROS Consulting. They began walking through that update. And Rob kind of walked through that update with the board and really just hit on a lot of the highlights that we um, had seen uh, really kind of probably called out in that first strategic plan, maybe some things that we didn't get to, some capital projects we know are still on the horizon, and then the importance of changing out that programming and keeping things fresh and also looking for new opportunities. A lot of conversation uh, within the document talked about uh, signage, uh, how we uh, greet our customers, how we direct our customers to the, the many attractions there at the park, And then also things that, you know, we have on our radar that we know we need to get done over the next several years. Uh, Upgrades to the animal habitats is a big one. Uh, Upgrading the exhibits within the nature center is another big item. And then what are we also doing to, you know, market the, the many amenities that we have? You know, we talk a lot about mountain biking and we talk about how great this region is. Bays Mountain Park is a great example of that. Uh, so that's a that's an area that we are trying to highlight more and trying to improve upon. The hiking trails is always uh, something the park has been known for. But, you know, things such as primitive camping, uh, getting uh, kayaks and canoes on the lake, which I know we've got some of that coming up here uh, this summer. So those are things that we've talked about. But then a lot of attention really was spent in the document towards the business model uh yeah i think right now bays mountain park collects about mm, 16 17 percent of its total operating cost in revenue and the goal set back in 2009 was to try to get that park to up around 25 percent we're still not there so what are some things that we can do Uh, we very much realize this is a uh, you know a public amenity. It's there for the enjoyment of our citizens and the citizens of of greater Kingsport, which it has done beautifully for nearly 50 years now. Uh, But with any asset, you also have an obligation to be a good steward of the tax dollars. And so always looking for opportunities for sponsorship, for partnerships, uh, things that we can do to, to help improve that Bottom line, because anything we do to improve the bottom line is uh, an opportunity to improve the park. And so that was the the focus of that. The staff went away. Unfortunately, they also went away and had to begin moving into a lot of procedures to shut the park down. But they are working very diligently on beginning the implementation of that strategic plan in concert with the Bays Mountain Park Commission, which does an outstanding job in helping them.
0: Excited to see what happens at Bayes in the next couple of years. So taking it back to some less fun stuff, let's talk (laughs) about the coronavirus some more. So uh, we were able to get some emergency funding because of that, correct?
1: Right. Based upon actions taken by Congress, uh, funding was put in place in a couple of different areas for the city of Kingsport to take advantage of. Uh, That is important because we were asked to begin preparing, and to some extent combating to get something that we didn't budget for. This is unplanned. This was not on anybody's radar back when the 2020 budget was set.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. No, <laughs> yeah, not,
1: not at all. Uh, definitely wasn't on our radar as we were moving into January thinking about future budgets. Uh, and so money had to be pushed out in some way, shape, form, or fashion. and And it was, and we're very appreciative of that. Kind of some areas that we saw some of the initial push of those dollars. The first is through our Community Development Block Grant Fund. Approximately $250,000 was provided to the city of Kingsport. And the the goal behind that was that 100% would be used in some way, shape, form, or fashion to help the city or help community partners that are working towards providing uh, opportunities for low-income individuals within our city to, to help them manage through the coronavirus. So whether that was a loss in donations, a loss in revenue, or a need to provide temporary housing for individuals that uh, were either homeless or displaced as a result of this. So the the money was timely, and it was very beneficial for us. In addition to that, the police department, the fire department, uh, those frontline employees also began to see money come in through the Department of Justice. Uh, we processed several grants in the amount of $75,000 that would go in to assist them in changes to or the staffing hours or changes to uh, the necessary gear that may not be in the budget. So we talk a lot about PPE and the need to have the mask, the shields, the, the, the necessary uh, protection devices there to aid our employees in the event they have to go into someone's home that may be exhibiting symptoms of the coronavirus. And uh, our first responders are often there on the scene before an ambulance arrives or they're there in conjunction with an ambulance. And so definitely over the last three months, there has been several occasions where, uh, you know, someone has called, we've responded, and there's been an unknown at that time as to whether or not this individual uh, may or may not be infected with uh, the coronavirus. And so we, we have to take those precautions to protect our employees in order to, for them to be able to continue to uh, to do their job throughout the city of Kingsport. And so those dollars coming in were very beneficial to that.
0: Okay, so you've talked about some funding that we've received from our National Congress, but are we getting any funding from the state?
1: We are. This is something that we we actually started watching really before coronavirus hit there was a grant that was offered up during the uh, governor bill Lee's state of the state address and at that time it was around six hundred thousand dollars formula based for one-time capital projects coming into the city when the coronavirus hit and changes needed to be made the governor as well as the general assembly really made a positive move forward for cities and counties across the state They doubled that amount. And so now over $1.2 million is coming in to the city of Kingsport, where it was at one point just for capital. It has now been set up to be able to offset both capital and operating. So uh, this was great, Uh, great for us. This was also something that, uh, again, taking that conservative approach with the budget, we didn't include in the budget. So this is money over and above what we had anticipated. And so we are in... Uh, anticipating to receive those dollars probably towards the end of July 1st of August. And uh, at that point, we will uh, take that before the board. We will set that up in an account. And kind of what I have what I've, uh, encouraged our board to do is to get this, get this money set up and then just kind of step back and let's kind of see how things are progressing. Uh, how is the fiscal year beginning with sales tax collections? And then what does the remainder of the fiscal year look like? What are some of those projections? How re, how have we refined that based upon what we know now? And then we'll begin to look at how those dollars that we, we have received from the state could be used within the city. Some of it may be to fill some holes in our operating budget. Uh, other things could be for capital. Uh, no question, we uh, are, re- are already in the process of putting together a pretty expansive uh, list and uh, we'll work through that and hopefully have something uh, to share with the board as we get a little bit further into this fiscal year. In addition to that, we also saw money coming in through the Federal Transit Administration down through the Tennessee Department of Transportation to our local bus service, which is the Kingsport Area Transit Service. $1.2 million uh, has been earmarked. Uh, No matching dollars required. If you're familiar with our transit system at Operates on a matching grant. So the city puts up either 25% or 10% depending on what the item might be But this is 100% money coming in that we will utilize for a variety of things to uh, assist our transit service moving forward and some of those things really kind of have been brought to light by the coronavirus And that is do we look more at a demand response service or do we expand our offerings and demand response? I think we'll probably always have a fixed route service of some kind, Um, but we need to begin kind of looking at, you know, the position that we were put in as a result of the virus, having to limit our hours, having to make adjustments. Uh, Those are things that we've got to uh, we've got to watch kind of moving forward. Some smaller grants, though, outside of transit and outside of community development. Also, we're seeing in our library Um, and other departments continue to uh, look at what options are out there. A lot of conversation took place uh, back in uh, April and even going into May as to whether or not there would be a second round of incentives. I know many of our listeners probably received uh, some sort of uh, a stimulus check as a result of the coronavirus funding. Uh, There's definitely been dollars placed out there for uh, unemployment, Uh, All of those are critical because it it tries to maintain that balance that's out there with individuals who have uh, been furloughed or maybe even completely lost their job as a result of the virus to continue to make ends meet, continue to be able to pay the rent, buy groceries, uh, provide for their family. And then as a result, those things also help continue moving your city forward, your county forward, as well as the state. At this point, we're not seeing any uh signs of additional stimulus money coming out. But uh as I said back in March, uh my information and how we manage the uh, the pandemic seem to be changing about every 12 hours. Uh, as we go through a reopening, which has somewhat been paused, uh that continues to be the case. Your information changes constantly. And so we'll see, we'll continue to watch, but you know, rest assured we will aggressively go after any dollars that are made available. Uh, so that we can help the citizens in the city of Kingsport manage through this.
0: Which brings us back to the budget. Right. So we talked pretty in-depth about that last episode, but since that took up uh, so much time of the last quarter of the BMA's time, uh, let's, let's go back over just some quick highlights on the budget.
1: Yeah, so, you know, again, uh, I think we mentioned this last time, you know, you're putting a budget together in the middle of a pandemic. The mayor has said several times that when I was in graduate school, they didn't teach me this. And he's exactly right. When I was in graduate school, um, getting my management or my master's in public administration, uh, that was uh, managing through a pandemic was not on there uh, on any of the curriculum, to say the least. But it it was it, it was an interesting process because you're looking into a future that is 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 very cloudy. You really don't know what um, is on the horizon. You know you can feel comfortable maybe projecting out, you know, three to four months. Um, but beyond that, you don't know. So you've got to go back and look at a lot of historical data. That's what we did. We looked at recession years. We looked at uh, times when we saw a drop in in revenue, and then. What did history show after that? And so that's really where we tried to kind of focus on. And you're right, the budget dominates so much of the months of May and June. The presentations to the board, the approval of the multiple items that go into the budget. You know, you just don't get to approve one ordinance, one resolution. Uh, There are a lot of funds that have to be voted on separately. And so that's what we did Uh, moving forward. Your budget is uh, very different than really anything we've seen in the past. Uh, the good news for our citizens, there's no tax increase. There's no rate increase for water and sewer for customers both inside and outside the city. Uh, that was very important to us going into this. We realized that folks are are also dealing with a new normal that may result in a lot of changes that they were not anticipating. Uh, we had a cut, uh, about $3.9 million from that budget. Uh, Ultimately, we were looking at uh, cuts or losses in revenue of over $5.5 Fortunately, City of Kingsport has a very healthy rainy day fund, so we were able to pull money from our savings account, if you will, in the amount of about 1.6 to help offset that. So going forward, you know, the citizens, like I mentioned this the last time in our conversation, uh, our goal is to provide that same level of service that they've become accustomed to and, and they expect. Uh, there may be some modifications along the way, but our goal going into this fiscal year, which we're now in, is that uh we'll be able to make positive adjustments as so as we see the economy rebound uh we'll make adjustments to our budget but please know we'll do that in a very we'll definitely do that in a very um sustainable way uh not to put ourselves in a position to uh to get too greedy too soon
0: so before all of this happened. Uh, something that was being discussed a lot was uh, Brickyard Park and what to do with that area over there. Can you uh, talk about that?
1: Yeah, so when the board had a strategic planning session around the 1st of February, uh, Brickyard Park and what to do with this uh, really about 100 acres adjacent to our downtown was really the the dominating topic of discussion for that day. And things that we talked about and the things that had been talked about kind of leading up to this was you know would we go in and build a a multi-purpose venue where we could have sports we could have concerts we could have festivals we did a lot of different things and then what would we do with the other sections of that property Uh, the miracle field was already underway so we kind of knew what was going on there but there Really, going back uh, five, six years, there's been this idea of a, a bicycle pump track and potentially even expanding bicycle trails into what is historically known as Cement Hill. Uh, and then we had this section of land, probably 25, 30 acres, that uh, we had kind of labeled as private development. Not really sure what that would entail, but was listed as private development. So we, we hired a consultant, Sterling. Uh, project development, came in, uh, began working with us, looking at a lot of different ideas. And from that, we kind of made some uh, made some changes to the plan that really opened us up to looking at a lot of different scenarios. So the idea of a light industrial park was one, the idea of residential, uh, just having green space. But there were, were some things that continued to be on the plan in some capacity. And that was having some space, whether that is in a, a venue, uh, which is brick and mortar, or just a a flat, you know, festival ground or a green space on that site where we could host events. So we kind of rolled through all that with the board at the strategic planning session and left there with some direction to come back to the board with a final recommendation in March. Well, March hits and it's a different world, right? So that whole uh, concept has to get pushed back. And so uh, we pushed that back to uh, really, I guess, probably that second meeting in June um, and went into the work session at that point. And Jason Hudson, our economic development director, along with assistance from our city staff, the chamber, Uh, put together a really good presentation that uh, ultimately came up with a recommendation for that property. And that recommendation was to look at housing. Uh, Housing has been uh, and continues to be one of the the dominating things that we see a need for within our city. Uh, Thankfully, we've got a lot of local builders, local developers that have taken the bull by the horns, and they're moving forward with uh, putting in additional residential development. Why is that? Well, we continue to hear from realtors. We continue to hear from folks looking to move here that we need to expand our inventory and we need to have some more diversity in our inventory. And so we've been aggressively working towards that. Really, that goes back before the whole idea of what to do with Brookyard. Uh goes back to looking at market rate apartments and the need for those within our city Well, as you can imagine, you move into an apartment, you're there for a period of time, and then you want to look at home ownership. So we sat back and we looked and we said, you know, we want to probably set aside 35, possibly even as many as 40 acres for residential development. Uh, We looked at this as a very high uh, density development uh, adjacent to our downtown, which we believe will have a very positive economic impact. In addition to that, we wanted to continue moving forward with the efforts on the pump track. In fact, the board uh, just, uh, um, or at really going back to February, said move forward with the design. So we're now in the design phase for the pump track, which is a, a major step to be able to move forward with that. Um, and then they also said, you know, we really like this idea of having green space, having uh, land set aside to do events, concerts, things that... We're in some ways having to shoehorn into our downtown or shoehorn into other um, areas of the city. And we also saw that as a low cost. And so instead of building a stadium that would be multi-purpose, we're more or less now looking at a a large green space, the opportunity to, to set a stage up, to have some parking to support that, but also realizing there's a lot of parking downtown that folks can take advantage of and walk over to the facility. So moving forward with the pump track, moving forward with the green space, and then coming back and beginning to develop a what we would refer to as a request for proposals or really just a proposal that we would send out to see what interest there would be in private development to acquire and build out the land from a residential standpoint. And, of course, we would have some parameters within that that would state what our interest was and what we were looking for. Uh, but the reality is, is, you know, 150, maybe 175 units could be built over there on that property. So that, you know, you want to talk about how you uh, redevelop your your downtown. Uh, residential is at the top. Increasing your residential density is, is critical. And that was one of the things that Sterling, the consultant we brought in, noticed right out the gate. Uh, we had a very small residential community, probably around 75 people. Now, Since that study was done, that number has grown dramatically. Uh, But we need to continue to see it grow in order to be able to support our downtown. So that was a major step for the board. You know, it it really ties in with the Main Street rebuild and the work that is going to be starting there in January of 21 to rebuild and enhance that corridor. And the idea that the board had uh, last fall to submit a a grant to the state for the the pedestrian bridge that would tie the Brickyard Park area into our downtown, Uh, looking at new road construction on that site that would also connect to downtown, but also connecting into the Riverview community and connecting into Industry Drive. And then just the further uh, enhancements of park space, it really, it all begins to now come together. And to have something like this adjacent to our downtown um, on land that was uh, former industrial use uh, it's a big win for us we're very excited about this. Uh, I know folks downtown are excited about it, but I think the whole city, as they begin to see this thing evolve are going to get really excited about what it can do for the for our city so you know when we talk about wrapping up this last quarter, uh, that was a nice thing to wrap up with. Obviously, getting the budget passed was great. Maybe, you know, moving forward with uh, this reopening. All of those are wonderful things, right? Uh, but also, at the same time, you're always looking for how do you move your city forward and how do you make change that's in a positive direction. Uh, the development of the brickyard property is one of those positive things and it's going to be one of those things that's going to have an impact on not only downtown, but our entire city for many, many years to come. And it's also going to create some great public spaces that it's going to attract folks into our city. We're excited about it.
0: Thanks for sharing, Chris.
1: Hey, always glad to do so. Have a great day.